Welcome to our second series of Real Life Motivation. I'm Rachel Day. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm the founder of an organisation called Flying School. My co-host is Kelda Wood from Climbing Out. Together, we'll share some tips and ideas on how to keep motivated from our experiences as coaches and in our work, as well as from our real life stories, so that we can always keep it real for you. We're really glad you're joining us for this second series, which is focusing on Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody. We're going to be talking today about our fourth habit, which is called Think Win-Win. But before we do that, Kelda, I just thought I'd just check in with you. How's your week been and and anything really from... uh, from what we did last week on habit three has it have you noticed anything well do you know it's so interesting Rachel because I think you'll agree yourself I have learned so much from doing these podcasts as as well and the interesting thing with last week's habit three was I didn't really understand it and in having the discussion we had I left that podcast understanding habit three which you know the habit of of prioritizing and I've used it myself so much this last week and and for me the bit that really stood out was this the, the difference between what's urgent and what's important and I think it really made me realize I was spending a lot of my time getting very stressed fighting fires and it's actually quite um de-stressing to realise that it's okay to leave the urgent stuff and to focus on the important. Um, And time and time again, I've sort of laughed at myself this week when I've actually gone, is it urgent or is it important, Kelda? (laughs) And I've really used it, really used it. So I think it just kind of underlines why we're doing these podcasts and why we're trying to keep them real, because this has really helped me manage myself this week I didn't know about urgent and important before we started on the podcast so um it's been really interesting to just just notice how I've used it myself this week and how it's helped like really helped so thanks thanks Rachel thanks for educating me <laughs> I just love that about you Kelda because you don't just talk about stuff you actually then try and put it into practice and experience it and and go is, is what we're talking about worth talking about and so yeah. I just love the fact that you've done that And that whole urgent important when you said I didn't know about it, it's interesting because I think a lot of us think we know it. So the minute we hear urgent important, we go, yeah, we know that. And we sort of switch off, don't we? So the fact that, you know, you've been open minded enough to question, do I know what that what I mean by that and how that might impact me is brilliant. Thank you for sharing. So if people haven't had a chance to listen to Habit 3, go go ahead now and and have a listen and and let us know what you think. And, And Rachel, I just think one thing that's so important is that we can all learn something from each other and you you know we were actually having a chat before we started saying about how you know I might have my ideas about what I think works and what doesn't but I think it's really important that we're all open-minded enough to listen to other people and you know I was talking about a conversation I'd had with someone this week and I said okay you tell me what you think then I might try and persuade you around to my way of thinking or you might persuade me round to your way of thinking. Let's just have an open discussion about it. And I think with all of these podcasts and the habits, 
it's the fact that we're prepared to challenge each other and challenge the concept. Just because Stephen Covey's written it, no offence to Stephen Covey, doesn't mean that it's right. Let's challenge it. And then if we challenge it and we come to the conclusion that it is right, well, hopefully that will then make more sense and mean more. And that was certainly what happened with me with the urgent important. I'd I'd never challenged that concept. I was like, no, 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 it's all got to be, you know, 100 miles an hour and urgent. And it was great to challenge that concept that I had and to walk away with a different opinion. Brilliant. Thanks, Kelda. The, what, from what you've said, it, it, that's that's what we're doing on these podcasts. We're just learning and the timing will either be perfect for you or it won't be yet. So it might not quite resonate. And it's almost just keep an open mind uh, because we're much more likely to learn and challenge ourselves if we go into something that we're not quite sure about. Which brings us to habit four, because we've, we've literally just touched on this in our conversation beforehand, haven't we? Where, where you've said, oh, I'm not sure about this one. And we've got we've sort of gone, right, let's just get into the conversation rather than figure it out off, off air, so to speak. So just to introduce this habit, it, habit four is the habit of mutual benefit. And it's often summarized as think win win. So we are not as effective if we tend to think that there's only so much and the more that you get the less there is for me so that's like a way of thinking a frame of mind and if that's our frame of mind we're not as effective so this habit says actually we're much more effective if our frame of mind is there's plenty out there for everyone and even more to spare so if we've got that as our frame of reference we tend to approach life, approach other people, particularly relationships, in a different way with this sense of there's loads out there. I don't need to compete with you because there's loads. So obviously, um, we've probably both got some stories about this potentially, Kelda, but I'm just going to see how is it landing with you? What are your thoughts on it to begin with? My initial thoughts when I when I looked at it were... I mean, that absolutely sums up my own personal approach. You know, I think with with climbing out, with everything else I'm doing, to me, it's a drawbridge open approach. Let's work with other organisations, because if we work together, we can maximise the impact we're having. If we all try and be standalone, you know, we, we really limit the potential for what we can do. So I mean, maybe this is where I was almost a bit confused by this habit, because to me, it's like, well, why wouldn't you? It's almost such a no brainer. Well, doesn't everyone do that? <laughs> you know. So I think my comment before we started, Rachel, was, well, that's it's it's really short and sweet. Yeah, let's work together. End of podcast. <laughs> you know, that would be a really uninteresting podcast. So I'm I'm interested to kind of hear the concept the thought behind it because I'm guessing there's got to be more to it than just that yeah I mean so one of the stories I might share on this is when I first went self-employed and there is a real dilemma that you have that as you produce content or you meet people or you get work how how much you keep that or how much you invite others and share it and just put it out there. So if I if I put it out there, then I can't charge for it because I've already put it out there. 
or if I invite other people into this work that I'm doing, maybe they'll be better at it than me and maybe they'll then get the future work. So sometimes I think of this habit as a bit of an ownership thing that it's almost keeps me safe if I know everything and I have everything. And how much I share, it's almost this thing about how much do I share with others, which means I become better, but so do they. So the only reason to not share is if I'm thinking, actually, if you do it, there won't be any work for me. Or if you get that, there'll be less for me. So I won't share. If I think there's loads of capacity for work for everybody, I'm more likely to just be much more open and share stuff. I'm, I'm, I've sort of got a question on, on that whole concept. Rachel, because what I'm thinking there is it all comes down to confidence, really. So one thing I've noticed about myself recently is that I have such confidence in what we're delivering with climbing out, not confidence, belief in in what we're delivering with climbing out, with these podcasts, with the with the online stuff we're doing. I have such belief in it that I don't mind sharing it because I know that there'll always be the the need for what we're doing. Um, I'm, I'm not explaining that very well. But I, so I, I had a conversation with um, Skiing for Heroes yesterday and I said, oh, I can share the podcast and, and the videos we're doing with you. He says, oh, I can't nick your content. I was like, of course, you, you're not nicking my content. Just the more we can get it out there, the better. And actually, that works for both of us, because if that empowers the people you're working with, brilliant. But also, that still raises their awareness about climbing out. So they then might get in touch with climbing out. They might tell someone else about climbing out. So actually, we're just working together to do the best job possible. But maybe that takes confidence to be able to be willing to share that because you're not scared of someone nicking the content and maybe that's what I've noticed in myself but I I think that's more in just the complete belief in what we're doing so I'm happy to share it because you know we can't save the world single-handedly we just can't and what's my core values? What, what am I trying to achieve through this? I'm trying to, we're trying to help people. So why try and keep that all to myself? Because then that limits the amount of people we can help. But if we share it, we can help more. And that's a great thing. So share away. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Kelder, and around self-belief. So if our self-belief isn't that strong or, you know, we haven't worked on that enough, then this habit's harder because our belief will always be that others will do this better than us. Others are better than us. So if I'm insecure about that, I guess I'm less likely to think win-win. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, someone's sitting at home now listening to this podcast and they're actually saying, but I haven't got that self-belief. So we've always said with these podcasts, it's keeping it real. So I feel almost quite arrogant when I'm sitting here going, well, I've just got such belief in what what I do. How lucky am I? I'm blooming lucky. I didn't used to have it. It's taken a lot of years to build that up and get to the point that I have. So the question for me is where this podcast will be most useful is if someone's sitting there without it, 
how do they move forwards in in getting it and I'm hoping you've got an answer here, Rachel because I'm thinking what do I say next <laughs> well I think I mean one of my answers is actually a question which is you say it's taken years and years to build that sense of self-belief is there a story that you could share that that actually did help build it um, putting you on the spot Calder. yeah yeah I was sort of thinking about it as you were talking Rachel like where did that come from and I think two things for, for me would stand out. One is you can't force it. You get that self-belief when you're ready to get that self-belief. So when I say for a long time I didn't have it, I think some of that's back to you've just got to go on the journey. So, you know, we've covered this in some of the other podcasts about the importance of moving forwards and and going on your journey and as long as you keep moving you will get to the point that you'll find it you know for me it was Aconcagua and then what happened as a result with the row you know but then it's quite interesting because I've been doing a lot of work around um, Aconcagua and and the row at the minute and what I've realized was that actually came down to me staying true to my attitude and my core values So I might be going off on a bit of a tangent here. So stop me if you want to, Rachel. But one thing we've we've been doing a lot of work into this was that for a long time, I saw myself as a victim. I did when there was a lot of not great stuff happening. And so whenever I met someone, the first thing I would do would be start telling them about how bad everything was. And the question was, did that actually make me feel good about myself? No, it didn't. Because I didn't want to be a victim. Um, When I did Aconcagua, I made a deal with myself that I wasn't going to whinge. I wasn't going to moan. I was never going to show weakness. And by that, I mean, I wasn't going to be the victim. So I was a bit in the habit of going, oh, but I've got a bad leg. So I can't or it's harder for me well first up you're with a bunch of guys who've either got like no leg or no arm or no sight or you know so that does put things in into perspective a bit I was the only female I was the only non-military so I knew there was an element of judgment on you're going to be the weak link anyway for those reasons so I was so determined never to show any of those guys that side and I I I smashed up that mountain like I wasn't gonna let anything other than what was out of my control which was was the weather and an altitude really stop me from getting to the summit and then when I summited I found this absolute pride in my attitude and that gave me self-confidence that gave me self-belief but it was a very inward thing you know so suddenly I didn't need to prove it I didn't need to shout about it I just needed to do it and then when you do it you don't have to shout about it and it was I mean I always say stepping on to the summit was this real light bulb moment I, I guess for me if someone said well how do I start to find it I would say two things one is keep going it'll happen when you're ready for it to happen and that might be tomorrow or it might be in six months or it might take another two years the important thing is to keep moving 
The second thing comes back to me for to core values. Work out what your core values are. Stay true to your core values. And if you do that, that gives you that confidence because you know certainly one of my core values wouldn't be about being selfish and keeping it to myself it would be about sharing and and helping and supporting so actually yeah I want to share it because that is in line with my core values so I hope that didn't go off too much Rachel but (laughs) important and what you've said there's so much that you've said there Kelda so what what was interesting, what I was picking up from that is that how do you build self-belief? You build it by doing stuff, by trying stuff out, by practicing. Obviously, the example you shared was climbing and a massive challenge. And one of the things that you were determined for on that challenge was to not be seen as a victim. So even though you were possibly internally seeing yourself as a victim, you decided, you made a decision to not let that come out for everybody else. And almost as a result of that, as a result of maybe faking it till you make it, you sort of built up some belief because Mm. you didn't have time to stew on, I've got a bad leg and this is really hard. You almost didn't let your mind do that. Mm. You wouldn't have made it to the top. So sometimes self-belief, if we've got low self-belief, we can sometimes sound a bit like a victim, can't we? Because it sort of gives us permission for not being that good. And I, I just think, Maybe we are completely on a different um, podcast now around confidence. So maybe we need to come back. But but I think it does, because again, as you were talking there, Rachel, I'm thinking, okay, have we gone off on a completely different podcast? But for me, if you go back to the think win-win, okay, what gives us the ability to think win-win? Well, I think what we're finding is that having confidence and self-belief gives us the ability to think win-win let's share open door approach rather than I've got to look out for me and and actually if you're thinking I've got to look out for me that is maybe due to insecurities and a lack of confidence you know so again maybe the key to this podcast is okay we've identified that win-win is the best effective way but how do we get in a position to be able to think win-win in which case we're not talking about confidence I think that's absolutely the same podcast you know which is again the beauty of where we just go exploring with these discussions and I I completely agree that so at the heart of being able to think win-win is is building up your own self-belief so that you don't get this pang of jealousy when other people are successful or this pang of well looking at other people and deciding you're not good enough so part of this habit for me is about a sense of equality seeing yourself as an equal to others. So they're really successful at that. I'm able to do this and not sort of diminishing who you are because of what others are doing, but keeping that sort of inner inner belief. I can see you smiling. I know I'm smiling because it's actually made me think of a story. So if I think of Rio and the Paralympics and when I was beaten um, by, by Anne, who was the other GB athlete. And so she went and then she went and she won gold. And I'll be completely honest, when she won gold, I should have been really pleased for her, but I wasn't. I was just envious that she was there and and she'd won gold. Now, I'm like, blooming brilliant. 
she deserved to win gold. You know, she paddled the fastest and she beat me and she she pulled out all the stops in that final race. You know, the, there was an Australian girl pushing her to the line. I think she beat her by two hundredths of a second. You know, she deserved gold. And I can go fair play. Like, and I have not one ounce of bitterness, jealousy, envy, whatever you want to call it now. But that's because I found my own thing. You know, and, and I found that what I'm doing now with climbing out, with the challenges, that's more important to me. So now I can celebrate in her success rather than be envious of it. But then that that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? You know, find, find your thing. I, I love how you share. You're so open and honest about that. Brilliant, Kelda. So yeah, sorry, sorry, Anne, if you're listening. I promise I wasn't that bitter. <laughs> I think we can all resonate with that we've all got someone we feel bitter about <laughs> um, so I, and I think that it, there's another way I've heard people talk about this and it's like do you do you approach life with this sense of lack or this sense of um, abundance so do you do you approach life with a sense of lack or a sense of abundance like if there's a sense of abundance if that that approach helps you do the win-win Rachel, I'm, I'm sort of going to challenge you slightly with that. Only on the back of a conversation I had yesterday, where someone said to me, but when you're in a negative place, when things are really tough, it's hard to apply that and, and live it, you know. So I'm thinking as you say it, yeah, in theory, completely agree. Completely agree. But when your chips are down, you know, when when life is dealing you a bad hand of cards, which often it does, I, I think it's natural to go, well, actually, there isn't abundance right now. So, again, to keep this real, I would come back to, OK, so how do you start creating abundance? But I think that comes back to what we've just said. Keep moving. And the fact that this is a habit. This isn't something you have yes. or don't have. This is something you need to practice. You can think of this habit in the really small things. How do I make today a win-win or the next activity? That, that's, that, I mean, that's just such a brilliant point, Rachel, because I think you're right. It, you know, I've, I've just read a book. It's called 438 Days. It's a, a true book about a guy who was uh, a fisherman out on the Pacific and got caught in a storm. His engine broke. And he was just at the mercy of the wind and the waves. He was in a sort of open top little wooden fishing boat, no cabin, no food, no water, nothing. And he survived for 438 days with, with nothing. I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible feat. Now, you could say if you want to talk lack or abundance, there was a real lack of a whole heap of stuff there, you know, but what enabled him to survive was his mindset in that he continually looked at, you know, if he he managed to catch a fish, which he was catching with his bare hands. So he, he worked a way of like attracting them to the boat and grabbing them in the water. Um, you know, if it rained so he could fill his his um, he picked up some rubbish from the ocean to use as containers. His only way of getting water was from rainwater and collecting it in these containers so if it rained you know he had water and he knew he could survive for another two days because he'd now got water but you're right it's a habit 
it, you know, so we can we can have nothing. We can be in a really tough time. We can be being dealt a really poor hand of cards. But if our habit is to think lack, that just re-emphasizes things. So you're right. It's it's about creating habits, you, you know, recognizing it and practicing it so that even when we are in a really tough time, we can still create a habit of abundance rather than lack. And I think that's really powerful, really powerful, difficult to do, but it's possible. But it, it, yeah. And if, and if we just keep this real, it, um, so I, I've, uh, one of my mates is um, the, the ex-England footballer, Stuart Pearce, and um, I've known him now for a number of years. And um, we actually laugh about this habit. So it's quite interesting because he's probably not heard of Stephen Covey, but actually this is his habit. This is how he lives. And we laugh because he says, I owe everything that comes my way. I think win-win, like what's the win-win here? And we now called it a loaf, like best of both, basically. And the number of times we have a conversation, he goes, well, this, I go, well, yeah, that's a loaf, isn't it? Because there isn't isn't a downside. So in this world of win-win or in this world of a loaf, best of both, everything that you do that you're not sure whether you want to do it or not, like I can go for that job interview, I might fail but I'll have learned. Yes. Or I might get it, which is great. Either way, I've got a win-win. And, you know, it's really, I I love the fact you've chosen a job interview example, Rachel, because I had a conversation with with, um, two people recently who've been through Climbing Out who were both going for jobs that they really wanted. And the conversation we had was around prepare the best you can, go in and be the best you can be. If you get it, fantastic. If you don't, what have you learned from it? That will then prepare you for that job interview when you really want it, when that's the one that really matters. So actually, if even if you think this is the one that you really want, maybe there's something better around the corner. By not getting it, it's given you the, the practice run so that when that one around the corner comes up, you can nail it because you've had this previous experience. Um, And actually with both of these people, it enabled them to go into that interview very confident. And again, we come back to that confidence because they went, it's win-win. I've got nothing to lose because whatever happens, I I get an outcome that's going to bring me a good result. Because I'm aware that a lot of the people we work with I've never wanted to just preach the completely positive mindset because um, that can be tough. You know, when when the chips are down, you know, when I was in the middle of the Atlantic and I was really struggling, I was choosing to be negative and I couldn't. I know it's not that I couldn't. I didn't want to pull myself out of it. It was really difficult to pull myself out of it. And and what I actually said to this person yesterday was, you know, that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to just be stuck in a bit of a negative mindset. The key is not letting that continue. So you maybe give yourself a day, a few days, a week, whatever it might be, that you need to just be kind to yourself, 
and allow yourself a, a little bit of negativity. But then you have to take responsibility for then going, okay, I've given myself X number of days to wallow in self-pity. Now I'm going to do something about it. And and for me, that's the key. You know, we're all human beings. We can't all be positive all of the time because that'd be really tough and annoying, you, you know. Um, so it's allowing yourself to have those periods of negativity where you maybe don't nail the win-win attitude but it's then allowing yourself that time and then making the choice to start changing that and I think you know when we talk about this habit of think win-win we're not talking about it as you need to be positive whatever and I don't see it as a positivity habit I see it as a way of us as like a frame of mind that helps us be more positive it's sort of the thing that links to us taking more chances being more open, being more uh, w- wanting to share and work more with others. And, and, you know, I always see one of my, where I see the work that that we do really working is that in keeping it real, because, you know, I've been through it myself. I've experienced those challenges. And so I can understand and relate to people's perspective when they're having a tough time. So if you want to think win-win, you know, when 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 my dad died and the thing I said was I will have a much better understanding now when I'm talking to someone who's lost a parent. And I've been quite, um, I've almost sort of brushed it off a little bit when people have said that in the past. Oh, you know, my dad's died or my mum's died in a bit like, oh, you know, we all lose a parent at some point kind of thing. Having now lost a parent of my own, I understand how hard and tough that is. And I've said to a number of people who've lost parents, I would have said something very different to you had I known what I know now. So I guess that win-win is even when it's tough, we can still learn stuff from it that can enable us to be better people in the future. which is where I think, again, let's keep it real. It's okay to be having a tough time, but take the learnings from it. Yeah, so so um, in summary, win-win is about, it's something that you can do for yourself in every sort of dilemma, thing that you want to do, thing that you're wondering about. Well, can I find a win-win here? Would just be a great practice. That could be your habit. And then the other thing is, in when you're working when you're thinking about working with others I guess this this habit of equality not not seeing them better than you or worse than you but this habit of where's the mutual benefit here for us both what how can we both get something from this Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think this habit is also about how we do relationships and if we don't if we do relationships which are one-sided so either someone's doing all the giving and we're just taking or vice versa those relationships don't last so the relationships that last are the ones that have this win-win where we're mutually helping supporting being respectful to each other and and I'm kind of laughing because I think these podcasts actually summarize that up in itself because the conversation we had before we started recording this was how much we've learned from doing them so as much as we hope they'll really help other people it's been win-win. 
because we've been learning too. And, you know, let's be honest, we all need to get something out of what we're doing because that's what gives us the motivation to keep going. So, you know, we can't all be blooming knights in shining armour with shiny halos and everything and that it's, you know, a complete sacrifice and cost to ourselves. Like, no, we're learning from this as well. You know, I think we quite enjoy our weekly catch up, Rachel. So, you know, it is win-win because we're learning, we're enjoying doing them, but in doing that, we hope it's really helping and connecting with other people. So, you know, I guess what we're doing right now sums up the whole win-win habit. Brilliant. Love that you said that. And what a what a brilliant way to end. Um, so really looking forward to seeing you next next week, Kelda. Um, yes, we'll see what discussions we get into then. <laughs> exactly. Have a good one. And I hope everyone else does too. And I shall see you next time. Thanks, Rachel. So that's the end of our podcast for today. Thanks so much for listening. If you found it useful, please do think about who you might share it with. It would be great to be able to spread some of these ideas to other people. Also, if you'd like to find out more about Flying School, visit flyingschool.fun. Or more about climbing out, visit climbingout.org. We are also particularly interested in looking for some sponsorship for these podcasts. So if your organisation or if you know of one might be interested, please do get in touch so that we can continue to offer these for free. Thanks again and look forward to seeing you next time.